By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. What you got to do now, Shelly? What you going to do now? Tell me. I want to know. Hopefully do a really good show with you today, Brad. That'd be a change. <laughs> oh, that's not true. We have some good shows. Yeah, about once every three months. We have a good show. Yeah, about once every three months. Okay. We like to spread it out, not, you know, not. I have some carryover the, things from yesterday. Swoop. You were talking about artificial intelligence voices, okay? Uh-huh. I couldn't find them yesterday, but I found them. Well, actually, I found them when I got off the air. Okay, you ready? Here's number one. Shelly, you are amazing. How do you do it? That's artificial intelligence voice number one. Literally, that is me typing script into a computer, the British lady talking. And of course, my favorite. Really? Yes, my favorite is this one. Shelly, we listen online in our country. How do you say, you got it going on girlfriend? Rock on sister. <laughs> Which is still my, I like that one. Still my favorite. <laughs> that is, oh, hold on a minute. That is a. I still get this stupid cough. I don't cough all night long. I wake up in the morning, first hour and a half I'm on the air, I cough. I don't get it, you know? Maybe it's um Hold it. morning drainage. Someone just sent me, doctor just sent me first sign of stage four lung cancer. Okay. Okay. I guess that's me, huh? What? <laughs> no. Who sent that to you? A doctor. Doctor sent that to me. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just texted it to me. Uh, my days are numbered. Well, shame on him or her. You know, did you see yesterday that Christine McVie died? I did. Fleetwood Mac. Did you, yes. did you ever hear the story behind the scenes story behind the group? No. They supposedly hated one another. And there's all sorts of crazy stuff that... There's several groups out there that were well, like that. And supposedly they were once upon a time all romantically interchanged with each other. You know what I mean? Of like, course they were. I mean, like... That's what they did back then. Two of them were married, but then they weren't. And it's just sort of weird. You know, don't you think it's interesting that, like, you see somebody like, you know, like a group of people like that who are, like, offstage dysfunctional. They get on stage, they flip a switch, and they're like... Oh my God! It's the world's best group. There's this multi, multi, multi million billion selling group that is still sounds good, you know. And yet they get off stage and they're like punching each other. You know, matter of fact, it's interesting. Kind of like us. If you read stories of the Eagles, there's a lot of that stuff in the Eagles. The original guy who was, I think, the original bass player, the Eagles, at one of the concerts, they had a him and I think Glenn Fry had a fight, literally a fist fight backstage. You know, and like we're duking it out, and they finally, you know, threw him out of the group. I'm going like, man, I, I don't know. I don't understand. You know, unfortunately, I've been in situations like that where I have been in workplaces in the past where there's had that happen. Matter of fact, uh, at the police department I used to work at, there oh, were. Did you work for the police department? I did. There were two officers that were like oil and water, and occasionally they would be on the same shift. And I think the the lieutenants and the ship supervisors purposely kept them on different shifts so they would never be working together but it was not a good situation when they're on the same shift or sometimes like they one of them was coming off shift the other one was coming on and there would be like tension back in the squad room it was just sort of bizarre you know back in the day back in the day and you know what there's you, you read about you know teams sports teams like that football baseball basketball hockey teams like that where they're you know and supposedly there are like uh, certain people that are 
like athletes who are like very good athletes who you see on the on the you know on the field or you know whatever in the court and they're waving at everybody and they get into the locker room and they're like they're like toxic you know they they they're yelling at everyone you know I don't know I, you know why can't where's where's Rodney King when you need him where is he why I do I have why him right can't here? we all just get oh, along here I got it right here hold on can we can we all get along can we can we get along yeah can't we all just get along and Evidently of course, not. the English lady says, Shelley, you are amazing. How do you do it? And the the VP says, Would she rather carry 20 pounds of batteries or a rolled up solar panel? And the mother in uh, Almost Famous says, Don't take drugs. And she also says, Whatever it is, he answers no. That's Frances McDormand. She is such a talented actress. You know who I'm who talking is, about? Who is she? Frances McDormand. You know who she is? I have no idea. Yo, if you saw her, you'd know who she was. Uh, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-M-C-D-O. Okay, here she is. Frances McDormand. She is um, 65. She was born in Illinois, 1957. Gibson City, Illinois. Where's Gibson City, Illinois? You know where that's at? Um, I never heard of that it's one. It's next to Paul, Illinois. Small town in Ford County. Population, 3,476. Salute! The the area code is 217, which would make it uh, intersection Illinois routes 9, 47, 54. Gibson City is an agricultural industry city. Let me see. Gibson City Hall. trying to think where this is at. Find it on the big map here. It's 217, so it's got to be like in in, um, the northern part of the state, near like, uh, let me zoom out here. Okay, it's Isn't about. Is that by Chicago? No, it's uh, it's it's due east of Bloomington. Uh, it's due east of Bloomington, probably about eh, 30, 40 miles due east of Bloomington, and it's between uh, it's between fifty seven and and thirty nine and fifty five. All the highways come together up there. So, matter of fact, it's it's once it's close to being. Well, it's not that close. It's it's west of fifty seven, north of seventy four, east of fifty five. Hike. Francis, <laughs> Francis McDormand, she's. It's, you, I know you've seen her before. She's one of these people that that she's so good in a role, and in this role, almost famous. You know, they're making that into a, a stage play. It's going to be supposedly it's going to be on. Are on, they? Yeah, on broad on Broadway. Yeah. I know what a stage play is, Brad. Really? Uh, I do. Here's here's the IMDb Francis McDormand biography. Let me read it. Born on June 23rd, 1927 in Gibson City, Illinois. She was adopted. Wow, interesting. Look at this. She's adopted. I don't want to. Um, I she just was, knew I was adopted and I was a Bush baby. She was adopted by Canadian-born parents Noreen Eloise, a nurse from Ontario, and Reverend Vernon Weir McDormand, a Disciples of Christ minister from Nova Scotia who raised her in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. <laughs> She earned a BA in theater from Bethany College in 1979, MFA from Yale, wow, in 1982. Her career after graduation began on stage. She was has retained her associates with the theater throughout her career. She soon obtained prominent roles in movies as well, first starring in Blood Simple 1984, in which she worked with filmmaker Joel Cohen, whom she married that year. She frequently collaborated with Cohen and his brother Ethan Cohen in their films. You know the Cohen brothers? They're I the, do not. They're the ones that did, uh, was it, Fargo. Their, their movies are sort of weird you know you know what i'm saying you know you know what i'm saying but weird no i don't there are certain movie producers that like for example quentin tarantino quentin tarantino and, uh, tim burton 
well, Quentin Tarantino movies are all sort of weird. You know, they're all sort of like, I mean, isn't, I mean, I think, I think Pulp Fiction is one of his movies. You you said you don't like that movie. I've never seen, I don't. I've never seen that movie. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Although, I don't get the allure. Well, see, once again, it's like, it's like movies that people, oh my God, did you see so-and-so? And I go see it and go, boy, that was a disappointment. Uh, Pulp Fiction, 8.9 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Potatoes, 95% on Just Watch. Uh, director Quentin Tarantino, yes. Awards, um, um, Golden Globe Award for Best Screenplay, Motion, it won all sorts of awards. Crazy stuff. List of awards, accolades by Paul Fish and Wick. Yeah, here's what it won. I know. I it don't won, get it. Uh, it won 23, it went, won 23 awards. Nominated for 51 awards, won almost half of them, 23 at the 67th Academy Awards, Pulp Fiction nominated in seven categories and won Best Screenplay written directly from the screen, Quentin Tarantino or Roger Avery. At the 52nd Golden Globes Awards, received six nominations and best won Best uh, at the 48th British Academy Film. It just won. became one of the seven films to win Best Picture from three out of four U.S. major film critics, L.A., NBR, NY, NSFC, along with Nashville, All the President's Men, Terms of Endearment, Goodfellows, The Hurt Locker, and Drive My Car. Awards and nominations. Man, it just... Just knocked it dead. Here, let me see. 27 uh, Academy Awards won Best Screenplay. Uh, British Academy won that one. Cannes Film Festival won that one. Golden Globe Awards won that one. Independence Film Forums won that one. So LA why don't Critics you watch that and let me know what you think of it? But see, once again, my problem, I've said this many times. I never said it was good. Well, People tell me, oh, you got to see this movie. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing it for a... Um... A science fair project? Yes. <laughs> You're going to write me up, put me in, you know. You know I yes, I am. I don't know if I told you, I did win the science fair, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I tied because there were two of us that tied. And the did guy... you both get scholarships? Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy I tied with became a doctor. What the hell happened to me? <laughs> Here I am <laughs> talking to you on the radio. <laughs> I think that's a perk. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah okay, it's a perk. Okay. No. Uh, uh, you know, life like, takes strange turns. You know, I mean, can, can you imagine? Let's go back to Christine McVie. Can you imagine the stories somebody like her could tell? I mean, like, you know, you and I are just like average folks. See, I, I find this interesting that people are like in their strata. You know what I mean? You know what I mean by strata? You know what I'm talking about? I don't. Okay, if you're a politician, you and I have seen this in action. If you're like Mike Elam or somebody like that or like your buddy Bill Eigel, you like are in that strata that you all have each other's cell phone number and you're texting back and forth, hey, Bill, yes, yes, what do you want, Mike? You know, and stuff like that. But yet you and I are not it's in that. It's a tribe. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a tribe, okay. And yeah, then there's a, a subculture. There's a tribe of, like, you know, police officers. If you're a cop, you know, no matter what department you work for, you still you meet another cop. There's a camaraderie, a brotherhood. If you're... Uh, it's uh, like bikers. Right. If you're a Harley person, you know, you're driving down the street, you wave, you know, you do the hand wave. If you're a Corvette, owner it's the same thing when you drive down the street you get a hand wave the other corvette you see pass it same thing with like a jeep wrangler cj whatever you want to call it you're driving down the street see another jeep you wave at it you know in the radio business see another radio person they wave at you but they don't use all their fingers and then they give you the third bullion now i say they didn't use all their fingers you didn't hear what i said so they wave at you but they didn't use all what their, you said they didn't use all their fingers that's how the radio business is hey hey we're both in the radio it business. really is true yeah I, i've said this time and time again <laughs> if i did not work with you brad 
I would not work in this industry. Hold it. I just got a text from hold on, I got a text from Brian Richardson. Shut Can up. you pass along to Shelly that I'd love to have her work at KFAV? Okay, I will do that. Would you like to work there, Shelly? In do you, really? Are you really going to ask me that? Shelly, would you like to work at KFAV? Brian Would Richard, you like my answer? Brian Richardson wants to know. Uh-huh. Would you like my answer, Brad? He says he's got you have to you have to go to surgery and you have to have the twanginator implanted implanted in your vocal cord. So when you go out and talk to Oh, those, I have that. When you go out and talk to those people out there in Warren hey, we got some advertising for you. You can have your, your ad on the Rodidio. Yeah, right here in the Rodidio. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands of people are here you ask. Yeah, yeah. They'll come run it in a tractor. Come. See, that's where you gotta talk. Talk okay. about, let me hear Shelly do a KFAV voice. Come on, let me hear it. I, I refuse to call it the KFAV voice. I'll call it the Po Folks voice. Okay, let me hear it. Hi, welcome to Po Folks. How y'all doing tonight? Ooh, it's pretty good. Sounds sort of like Dolly. Okay, we got to take a break. It's 628. Well, we must have lost Brad. Hi, you're listening to BS Dutch Show. I am Shelly. He is Brad. He must be, I, I, I'm not even going to think about what he's doing, but he'll be up, he'll be back shortly. In the meantime, um, can I, can I tell you a weird, weird story? Oh, please. I love your weird stories. Well, not a weird story, but something, somebody that says something, um, to you, well, not necessarily to you, but you hear something that somebody says and then it comes, about you? no, no, it just, it, it comes to fruition. Okay. Um, yeah, thoughts are things. Lady that, and I can't remember her name, and it's terrible, used to be in the in the prospectors with me until I got kicked out. Um, anyway, um, the uh, you might remember her, the uh, advertising specialties lady, you know what I'm talking about? P&S Enterprises. Okay. She said something at one of the meetings a couple years ago about how she said they're switching because she does like t-shirt, you know, you know, Screen-printed yeah, screen screen printed T-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. And she said that they are no longer using Hanes T-shirts. Why? Well, she said that somehow or another they switched. They went to a different country or something like that. They were made somewhere, and now they're not made there anymore. And she says the Hanes products are not nearly as good as they were. Okay? Now, what's interesting about that is I have to admit I'm a Hanes guy. I have Hanes t-shirts. Are you, are you a boxer or brief guy? Well, no, I have Hanes t-shirts and I have Hanes socks, okay? And what's interesting is my old Hanes socks, I've got Hanes socks that I've probably had, you know, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years, okay? Then I have my new Hanes socks, which I bought a bunch of like two years ago. My new Hanes socks have holes in them already. My old Hanes socks that are like seven or eight years don't. My new Hanes t-shirts, after I wash them about three times, you know how like more, normally with cotton stuff, after you wash it, it gets even softer? Yes. Okay, my new Hanes t-shirts, the more I wash them, the more I could sand down my car with them. You know what I mean? It's, it's like they get... Are you using fabric softener? Shelly, you're talking to the king of the laundry. You know, every once in a while when I mention the fact that, uh, you know, I'm a single guy, I live by myself, I do my own laundry... I, I typically, there's some woman who pipes up, uh, do you know how to sort out the colors? No. How do you do that? <laughs> Can you explain that to me? <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Yes, I know how to put it, sort out the colors. You know, that's why I don't wear pink underwear, because of the fact that I don't put my red stuff in with my underwear, okay? With white stuff, okay? <laughs> what do you have that's red that you even wear? Oh, my God, my red boa. You know, every once in a while I have to, have to clean my red boa. <laughs> Uh -huh. so, okay, so 
the new Hanes t-shirts that I have circa last year have gotten to the point where like, I don't even like to wear them anymore. I like, I dig through my drawer and I find my old ones and I'm going like, okay, much better. I, you know, now isn't that weird because of the fact that when she said that in the meeting, it sort of went over my head. Oh, okay. She's, she, I don't know, she doesn't like Hanes anymore. Okay. Whatever. Now what's interesting about it is if I'm not mistaken, we had those t-shirts made, those sports grab t-shirts. Remember the, the bright, yes. the, the construction yellow, orange or no yes, construction. Still have mine. Yeah. Right. I've got two of them. Okay. They still are one of my favorite t-shirts. And I looked at them the they other day. They are nice. They're fun. They're, but they're very comfortable. They're very soft cotton. You know, I wash, they're you know, very thin. I probably wash mine, I don't know, 20, 30 times, something like that. And it still looks good. You know, the we had we had those guys out there. They used to be right next to uh, the country club car wash, or sort of like across where they're they're behind where where uh, it's now where Regions Bank is used to be Sonic, right there in Mid Rivers Mall Drive. I think it's called St. Louis T-shirt Company or something like that. They moved over on the on the service road. Matter of fact, they used to be in front, and one of our clients, uh, the the. The, the 360, the uh, detail people? Detail 360? Yeah, detail 360 were in the back. You know what I'm talking about? You know where you were over there a couple times, right? Yeah. Okay, that's where the t-shirt place is. And they did an excellent job. They're not job. there anymore. They moved again? Detail 360? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, I know they moved, but the t-shirt place is still there, aren't they? Aren't they in front? I think they're in front. Yes, they are. It's okay. their building. Right. It's their, oh, they own that building? They own their building a lot. Really? Just like Johnny Londoff. Anyway, anyway, the point being is that... What is your point, Brad? Well, see, what bothers me is there's certain things that used to be very high quality that you could buy and count on, and now you can't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and it's to the point where, like, there was a time when, when I, I'll admit this being a tool guy, there was a time when... You are a tool. When... I would go out of my way and pay extra money to buy craftsman tools, okay? Because of the fact oh, that there's a lot of people that are like that. They were very well made, and they, they had a love their craftsman. Right, they had a lifetime guarantee. You broke it, you know, it bent, whatever. You took it back to gave you a new one. Okay, now they're not at Sears anymore. They're at they're at Lowe's and they're at Ace Hardware, and I think there are other places as so well too. So, do you think that the uh, quality is gone? Well, the problem now is that they've gotten super expensive. And I hate to admit this because once upon a time, I used to laugh at my father-in-law because he used to buy everything at Harbor Freight. And back in the day, Harbor Freight had really junky stuff. Well, Harbor Freight's come a long way. And a lot of stuff... Have they? Yeah. A lot of the... You can buy some really junky tools there still. But a lot of their hand tools are really well made. You know, I mean, they've got like three grades of of tools. and, And almost all of them are lifetime guaranteed. And once again, the situation with with Harbor Freight is you can walk in the door, you can go, you know, if you know the store, you can go find it, you know, certain aisle, bonk, there it is. You, you know, I mean, I bought at the AM Transmitter site. We're doing some work down there. I, I kept losing screwdrivers. I went to Harbor Freight one day, and I bought a screwdriver set that I think has 15 screwdrivers in it, four bucks. It was $3.98. And I'm going, like, okay. These are throwaway tools. If I lose them, I won't be so upset. You know, if I lose like a, a nice craftsman screwdriver, or if I really had money, if I had like snap-on tools or Mac tools, Matco or something like that, if I lost one, you know, I'd have to, you know, I have to go, you know, maybe not slip my wrists. You know what I mean? I have to think about that for a while. And, you know, because, you know, you lose a snap-on tool, it's like losing your car. You know, you pay losing losing a body part. Right, 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 right. So anyway, the idea being is once upon a time, um, I used to live in the tool department at Sears, and now Sears is gone. And quite honestly, I don't necessarily like going to Lowe's to buy tools. 
I just don't. You know, Why? Well, I don't know. I mean, Lowe's is not one of my... See, there's an interesting... A friend of mine who's very good at, at assessing marketing said very interesting story to me. The story was that Lowe's is geared for women and Home Depot is geared for men. How do you figure that? Well, it has to do with the presentation of the store and most importantly, the colors of the store. Home Depot is orange. Women don't like orange things. Women like blue things. And the the low store is a little bit slicker, a little bit nicer, a little bit rough, you know, little rough edges, a little more, you know, less rough edges than the Home Depot store. The aisles are usually a little bit wider. They're a little bit well lit, whereas Home Depot is more like a warehouse kind of place. And that's like, oh, I'm going to go buy some lumber. I'm going to go to Home Depot. Woman says, I'm going to go purchase some two-by-fours. I'm going to Lowe's. Hear the difference? Lumber, going to buy Home Depot. Woman, I'm going to buy lumber. I'm going to Lowe's. See, that's the difference. I can see the difference. I can hear it. <laughs> I am totally now, in, in captured in now, what you're saying. Seriously, there's a whole science of colors and things like that, which always amazes me. It's called a subculture. A subculture of what? Colors? Never mind, Brad. Well, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, for example. Of course I know what you're example, saying. For example, you used to go to, like, like this is the story. I'll tell you a Dave Sinclair story, okay? Dave Sinclair. I haven't been down to the Ford dealership in a while. You were there when we made a pitch to that advertising agency, what, a couple, two, three years ago? Yep. Okay, the showroom is the same it's been for the past 35 years. It hasn't changed, okay? Same showroom. Okay, but, and he can get away with that. Dave's son, I guess, James can get away with that because because they've been around for a long time. Most of the other car dealers, they're they forced have. they're forced into building new stores with new fancy schmancy interiors that meet the requirements of the car manufacturer. For example, in Washmo, Strotman's Toyota used to be in the west side of town, had sort of an older dumpy kind of building. Nope, Toyota says to Strotman, "Hey, upgrade your store or you're not going to be a Toyota dealer anymore." So they say, "Whoa, whoa, what do you mean upgrade it?" "Hey, See this model? See these plans? Build this store and you'll continue to be the Toyota dealer. So Harley-Davidson's like that. Well, yeah. So they built a new fancy-schmancy building on the east side of town. Like yeah. Mazda was like that. Mazda went to all the Mazda dealers, say, okay, hey, this is the new Mazda store. So, And like, for example, you know, your buddy uh, Dave Sinclair, you, that you go to uh, you know, where you, you took your crashed car, uh, your Lincoln out there on North Service Road there in, in St. Peter's, they're, yes. they're doing a complete new re- redo on that store. Because Lincoln, they are. Lincoln and it's wants completely. Well, it, I mean, they've turned the service department because I took it over there the other day, right? And um, they the service department is completely. Well, it's it's very nice. Well, it's what what do you call it? Fancy foo foo or what's your term? Fufu Lala. Yeah, they're trying to make it in the, in the Lincoln dealerships in a fufu lava. When you walk into a Lincoln dealership, you know the guy comes up to you. Hi, he's he he looks just like what's his face. You know the guy. What's who's the guy that does Lincoln commercials? You know the oh Matthew Matthew, yeah, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. He comes right up to you. Goes hey, all right, all right, all right, all right. You want a Lincoln? We got one right here for you. Come right over here, honey. It even comes with his own lawyer. <laughs> sit sit in his car. Oh man, doesn't that feel good? Oh yeah, all right, all there right, all right. Nothing about a new Lincoln uh, that uh, is not uh, phenomenal. You you want to write? You want to sign right here? We'll just roll it out the showroom, and you can just drive it right home. All right, all right, all right. That's how the salesman talk to you now. Yeah, I know. I went to Chris Offenberg, and that's exactly how they talk. They have to go to class for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like doctors going to class to uh, right. sign their name. Right. No, for bedside manner. Bedside manner, who needs that? 
you come into your 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 room, uh, Mr. Smith. Uh, I've got good news for you. My good news is I'm not going to charge you much for this pill. The bad news is you have stage four cancer. Good luck. See you in another Please world. Please quit saying that. <laughs> that's the way the doctors are. That's what that's what he said to me. No, he didn't. He did. Brad, if you're kidding, I will find out. And you gonna punch? And I will throw you. Gonna, punch you gonna punch me? Yes. Well, you don't believe that Christine McVie got hit by a truck. You don't believe that, do you? I don't know. <laughs> That's why I asked you. Actually, she was killed bungee jumping. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop you it. don't believe me? <laughs> but you Seriously, know what? Quit. Those are all just rumors. And never. Oh, I get it. And uh-huh. Don't stop believing about Christine McVie, okay? Okay. It's 6.45. There she goes, mess with her microphone again. Just as I turn her pot on, she's like that with her microphone, right? Why do you do that? I do that because I know it bothers you. Well, thank you, Shelly. It's like a perk. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I people that You're aggravate welcome. me, you know, they do it on purpose. And I love that. I love people that aggravate me. <laughs> I do aggravate you on purpose. I know you do. Okay. I'm going to talk about something you don't want to talk about because I think this is sort of interesting. Uh, and I, I, on one hand, I'm saying to myself, I don't know if this is good taxpayer use of taxpayer money. This is an article that talks about improvements to the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Okay. Yes. Now, first off, I'll tell you that once upon there's a big there's a big court case going on in California. The state is suing the the contractors who got this contract, and the contractors are countersuing the state and everybody in sight. It's got to be a mess. Okay. The original contract was for one hundred and thirty eight, excuse me, one hundred and forty two million dollars. Okay, that was the cost of the contract. The contractors now say that it's going to balloon up to $398 million to do what they're supposed to do in the Golden Gate Bridge. Now, I haven't said what they're supposed to be doing, and the reason the contractor's saying it's costing more money is because the state keeps changing the specifics and the specifications on what they're working on, and also that the bridge, and this is sort of spooky, they said that the bridge Ooh, is deteriorated to a point where there are parts of the bridge they're supposedly working on, which they claim are unsafe for their construction workers. Now, what did they? What was the original contract for $138 million now, which now is supposed to cost $400 million or close to $400 million? You know what it is for? No. Suicide prevention nets. I don't blame them. They're building these big nets. I think like it's going to be like stainless steel kind of webbing or something like that. That's going to extend out underneath the the uh, Golden Gate Bridge like 30 or 40 feet. So if you try to jump off the bridge, you'll end up in the net. Now, I'm thinking to myself, no, hold on a minute now. If someone really wants to jump off the bridge, they jump off the bridge and end up in the net. They just climb to the edge of the net. They jump in the in the in the bay, right? Or do they think, I don't think it's that simple. Do you think that people are going to jump into the net and they're going to go, oh, my God, the net saved me. Oh, I'm they gl- probably don't even know the net's there. Oh, everybody knows the net's there because of the fact that they're talking about it all the time and they're promoting the fact. Matter of fact, there's a picture in this story that it shows one of the pedestrian lanes. There's a sign. It says, big sign. This is on the pedestrian lane going across the bridge. And it says, crisis counseling. Make the call or text GGB. Golden Gate Bridge to 741741, free support 24-7. The consequences of jumping from the bridge are fatal and tragic. There is hope, okay? If somebody is going to do that, 
do you think they're going to say, well, I can't jump off the Golden Gate Bridge anymore. I won't commit suicide. Don't you think they'll just do it somewhere else? Somewhere it, you know, it gives them a chance to to uh, to um, take a breath, it literally, and uh, see if they wanted to change their their chance. Yeah, they they talk about. I don't know if you've heard this before. They talk about people that have like tried to commit suicide and lived. And specifically, there are people who have jumped off the bridges. And I think there's people that have jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge who have actually lived. And they talk about the fact that on the way down, they're like, okay, why did I do this? That's what's going through their their mind before they hit the water. Okay, yeah. why did I do this? This is a dumb move. Boom. You know, and you hit the water. And if you live, then you come back and you go, obviously, the people that didn't live can't tell that story. But the people that live said, on the way down, I thought to myself, I can't believe I'm doing this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but see, to me, it's to the point where, like, I think there's certain things that the government should just say, okay, this is how things are. We're not going to try to change things. You know? And I get it. It's a tragic situation. They talk about since the, why don't we read the rest of the story? They said since the the bridge has been up, there's two, was it 2,000? They're going to be 20 foot wide stainless steel mesh nets on both sides of the 1.7 mile bridge. Um, where's, read this thing. I talked about uh, how many people have jumped off the bridge. Uh, I think they said um, over, since the bridge is open, I think it read 200, there's been 2,000 people that have jumped off the bridge, and just last year alone, 25 people. But once again, and I'm going to make a callous statement, is saving 25 people a year worth $400 million? Almost a half a billion dollars. Is that worth it? Are you asking me what the what the cost of a life is? Well, no. I mean, think about that for a minute, okay? Take, I am. That's why I asked. Take a half billion dollars and... Instead of putting nets under a bridge to save people who are going to jump off the bridge, take that half billion dollars and plow that into, like, for example, a city where you have, like, St. Louis, certain areas of St. Louis City that have tremendously impoverished people, okay? Take that half a billion dollars and buy those people who are living in poverty a nice house, put them in a nice house, and have DoorDash show our our you use instacart have instacart show up at their door every day you know you're going to pay instacart every day they're going to come from schnooks and they're going to bring you know a loaf of bread they're going to bring you know some salami you know some salad fixings and stuff like that every day those impoverished people are going to have a new house and and the instacart dude's going to dude dude or dude that's going to show up at their door and there's going to be a doctor's going to show up at their at their house once a week every single week and Take a half billion dollars and you could probably do that for what? Two, three, four, five, ten thousand people? So what would be the better use of that money? Saving twenty-five people a year or saving five thousand people a year? You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And you don't you don't agree with that or you think it's stupid? I don't think you're stupid. I think that what they're doing, I think it's a good thing. Okay. Well, I see. I think that when you get to a point and you have know, you ever had anybody jump off a bridge that you were close to? No, no. It's a train wreck. Well, no, I and I understand. I understand. I mean, suicide's a horrible thing. It, but, it totally is. But by by the same token, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that you're not gonna believe. Back in the day, oh, I probably will. I'll, I'll go back in the day when I was a police dispatcher. Okay, didn't know that. In, in our radio room, we had a drawer. 
in our in our office that had Playboys in it, okay? And I can tell you, I used to read the articles, okay? Matter of fact, I can tell you the story of how when I was like a young punk kid, first working, you know, first working for the police department, 18 years old, one of the first Playboy articles I read was about a guy named Bob Birch. And if we're Sue Thomas, we're here, one of my former employees who's now on the air at one, right at this very moment, if Sue Thomas were here, she would confirm the story. Bob Birch was a high-flying radio executive, once upon a time worked at Casey here in St. Louis, and ultimately went to Los Angeles, became the national program director for Century Broadcasting, which owned Casey and a bunch of other stations on Station Los Angeles. And he was like, he was always this good-looking dude. I mean, good-looking, always, you know, looked like he just stepped out of the pages of GQ. He married Michelle Phillips of the Mamas and Papas, you know, Sunday, Monday, Monday. Okay, married her, Okay. And uh-huh. I read an article in Playboy magazine about Bob Birch and Michelle Phillips. Who would ever guess that, like, 15 years later, I'm working with Bob Birch? Bob Birch is one of my clients for the Traffic Network. And I even said to him, I said, you know, when I was a kid first in college at 18 years old, I read about you and Michelle Phillips in Playboy magazine. And he got mad at me. He says, he says, why are you reading that crap? None of it in there was true. Okay? I used to read the articles. Okay? I'll tell you the article that I read which was, and once again, I don't know if Playboy does it. They had, they used to have excellent articles. I know people go, oh, you just looked at the pictures. No, they had, they had world-class writers who would write articles. Matter of fact, back That's in the day. That's they were known for. Exactly. Well, I mean, they were known for other things. Well, yeah, they clearly, were, but... they're known for centerfolds and things like that. But yeah. remember, there was the famous article where they interviewed Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, uh, what was it, the president, Jimmy, Carter. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a tough time this morning. Jimmy Carter. Any, I've, I've, I've had, I've, I've, what? I sinned to my heart. I've, I've lusted for other women in my heart. Oh my God, he lusted for other women. Like what guy hasn't done that? You know, I mean, find me a guy who hasn't done that. Okay, we have to take yes. a break. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's six fifty. It's BS. Show. You know, if somebody came to the United States and you taught them English, would you, would you te- teach them words like "don't you" or would you te- teach them words like "don't you"? Both. <laughs> if, you, if you're talking proper, you'd say, don't you like this? But if you're talking like regular people, hey, don't you like this? You know what I'm saying? I do. We take all the shortcuts. Okay, couple things. First off, you and I talked about this briefly yesterday. They're talking about merging St. Louis City and St. Louis County again. You know, again, uh, yeah, here we, we didn't go. Talk again. about this yesterday. Yeah, we did. We briefly mentioned it, and oh. there's talks that they're, you know, that the mayor Tashara Jones and Sam Page are trying to merge the city and the county. And if you don't know the story behind this, why are they trying to do that? Who knows? Remember the better together thing, which sort of backfired. Yes, I do. <laughs> it went down in flames. Remember, remember the lady who came and talked to our our group at the O'Fallon Chamber. Remember that. And she made she made disparaging. See, it still ticked me off. She made disparaging uh, comments about Natural Bridge. She says, "Yeah, that's like Natural Bridge near Umsel. It's just terrible." I'm going like, there are some most beautiful homes. If you go around, if you drive on Natural Bridge, you take 170, and you get off there at at Natural Bridge, and you go east to Natural Bridge. Okay. You drive along there. There are beautiful homes. And the closer you get to, Nat- the, to Umsel campus, the more beautiful homes get. You know, they're just beautiful, old-style, you know, rock and brick homes. You know, nice, not, nice you know, tr- shaded tree lots, the whole bit. I'm going like, okay, where do you live? Ladue? Okay, whatever. Okay, anyway, one of the interesting things is one of the 
talking points is they want to move the arch to Shaw what? Park. They want to move the arch to Shaw Park in Clayton. I've never heard of anything so stupid in my life. Yeah, they want to move the arch to Shaw Park in Clayton. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what they want to do. They want to move to Shaw Park in Clayton. Why? Because, you know, that's more of the... Think about it. You know, once upon a time, St. Charles City used to be the capital of the state of Missouri. Why did they move to Jefferson City? Because they wanted to have a centrally located location. So uh-huh. the, the people like back in the day, if you lived in Kansas City and you had to come to the state capitol, you had to drive, or not drive, you had to jump in your on your buckboard. Remember what a buckboard is, Shelly? <laughs> What's a buckboard? <laughs> Never mind. Huh. You had to you know, chicken. You had to had to saddle up your horse or you had to put the harnesses on your team of horses and jump in your buckboard and drive the entire state of Missouri. So they moved the capital to Jefferson City, which is smack dab in the middle of the state. Okay? The arch is on the easternmost part of the St. Louis area. Matter of fact, you can't get any more eastern than the arch. It's almost in the river. So if you're if you know you're you're like a couple hundred feet away from the river, which is the eastern border of Missouri. And it would be on the eastern extreme edge of the new St. Louis, St. Louis City, St. Louis County thing. So if you move the arch to Clayton, it puts it right in the middle. The people in North County only have to go like they jump on 170. They can drive. You know, think about that. Driving up and down 170, you can see the arch. Hey, there's the arch right there. People from South County could, you know, jump on Brentwood or whatever and come up, you know, from 44. Uh, People in West County jump on 40. People out there in Southwest St. Louis County, you know, and even Franklin County jump on 44. You know, head into St. Louis, you know, jump on Eastbound 40, North 170. Hey, there's the arch. That's what they want to do. They want to move to Shaw Park and Clayton. Okay, couple things. I was talking about last hour in my formative years when I was a police dispatcher. <laughs> Didn't know that. You're so multifaceted. We had Brad. we had a drawer in our office which had all the Playboys in it. And I remember one time I usually worked the night shift, okay? And one day I worked, well, I happened a couple times, but I worked the day shift one day and the chief walks in and I'm going like and he says to me, you know, and this guy used to be a former state trooper, so you didn't mess with him. He was like all business. So he walks in and he says, um, I understand there's a drawer here in your office that has certain reading material. I'm going, oh, my God, I'm the guy who's on duty. I'm getting busted for having Playboys in the dispatching office. And I say, yes, sir, they're, they're, we're, you know, we have a drawer right over here. And he says, do you mind if I take a look? <laughs> I said, no, go right ahead. So he goes in, opens the drawer, pulls out a Playboy. He says, I'll return it, I promise. And he leaves. I'm thinking to myself, whew, dodge that bullet. I thought I was going to be the guy who was going to be nailed by the chief of police for having the Playboys in the drawer. Okay, so when I wasn't doing my homework at night, because I worked the night shift, when I wasn't doing my homework at night, I used to read the articles in Playboy. I told you about the article about Bob Birch. And can I tell you an, a, a story I just remembered? Bob Birch came. Bob Birch was this great big, you know, popular dude on Casey, and was like the program director, stuff like that. And he got to be—he was like one of the most, at one point in time, one of the most powerful radio guys in the entire country. And he went to L.A. to run the company to their company's headquarters, L.A. And he married, you know, fell in love, dated, married, fell in love with Michelle Phillips and the Mamas and Papas. And they were like, they were all—they were the scene. You know, Bob Birch is a good-looking guy. Looks like he just walked out of, 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 of GQ. Okay, he came back to St. Louis. He was single. And he started dating Mary Phelan. 
You know who Mary Phelan is? I do not. She used to be very attractive, very talented lady. She was a, a reporter on uh, a news anchor on 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 Camo X, and then she moved over to Channel Four, and she was really good. She was Rick, one of the best. And unfortunately, she was killed in a car accident on 270. Sort of a weird accident where uh, her, her the, the guy she married was a doctor, and they got rear-ended. They were in like some kind of a traffic jam or something like that. And somebody wasn't watching the traffic slow down and smashed into him. And she had some kind of a... And the accident wasn't like super, super, super bad, but she had some kind of a traumatic neck injury, and she died. Well, before she got married, she was dating Bob Birch. And at one point in time... A lady who worked for me, Sue Thomas, who still to this day, and you can hear it. As a matter of fact, if you tune over to 97.1, first thing in a radio business, you never tell somebody to tune to another radio station when you're on the air. Anyway, if you turn over to 97.1 right, right now, you'll probably hear her on the air. Yeah, so, not now, though. Yeah, not now. Wait till I'm done. Wait till Shelly's talking, then tune. And then when I talk, tune back, right? Oh, my gosh. Bite me. <laughs> so, anyway, sh- uh, um, where was I going with this? Sue Thomas... She worked traffic for me. She was traffic reporting. To this day, she still does this. She's a traffic reporter in the morning. Then she turns into a real estate agent, and she sells and lists homes during the day. Then she goes back and does afternoon traffic, and then she goes out and sells homes at nights and on the weekend. So this gal is working like 18 hours a day, okay? So one day she comes into the office, and she says, you're not going to believe whose house I just showed. And we're going like, at the time, Bob Birch was one of our clients because we were doing traffic. He was the general manager at KZK and back in the day, KC, or WCEO, which eventually became KFNS. I don't know if you knew that or not. But anyway, he was, he was the boss there. She says, I showed Bob Birch's house in University City. I go, really? And she goes, yes. And she says, it was really embarrassing because of the fact that when I'm showing the house, the the couple that was looking at the house wanted to see in all the closets. And we went into one of the bedrooms, and it's all Mary Phelan's clothes. (laughs) You know, so in other words, they were living together, but nobody knew this. It was like a big secret that Mary Phelan was living with Bob Birch. But we knew it because our very own traffic reporter, Sue Thomas, who was a.k.a. real estate agent, <laughs> was showing Bob Birch's house and opened up the closet, and there's Mary Phelan's clothes in there. And how does she know it was Mary Phelan's clothes? Because a couple of the things were embroidery with her name. Apparently she had, like, you know, like the, the Channel 4 had some things, like, you know, like you, you had the shirts when they go to, like, meet people that had their name embroidered on the front. You know, Mary Phelan, KMOV News, you know, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I do. Okay, so that's my story. Okay. Um, and you're sticking to it? I'm sticking to it. Okay. Okay. I'll say, coming back from yesterday, I made the mention of, and I didn't mention this on the air, and I did want to mention this on the air. We were talking about the young people today, whatever they are, the Gen Gen Qs or Gen Zs or whatever they are now, uh, that they don't like antiques. And I mentioned about my mother oh, had- Oh, I have something to say about that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Say Say what you're going to say. I talked to my daughter about the antiques. Yes. And she said, Mom, what antiques are you talking about? And I go, the dining room set, the hutch, you know, the this and then that. And then, you know, all of this. And she says, it was grandma's. I want it. So I'm like, okay. she, she, She did want that stuff. She did. Okay. It was my mom's. And then my grandma's before that. Now it's mine. And it's going to be hers because she's going to pass it down to Harper Fay. 
Okay, so I mentioned that my mother had what I thought was the ugliest table in the world. It was in her bedroom. It was this marble top table with these goofy, weird legs, and the thing was on these crappy little rollers. And underneath it had like a little shelf, and it had this dog carved, you know, into like the shelf in the bottom. Like, not like indented, but like a carved dog that like stuck up from this bottom shelf. You know what I'm talking about? It looked like a dog, but it was carved. It was carved out of wood, and it was stuck on this bottom shelf. Okay? I, I have um, a table like that that's got a uh, uh, an eagle. The smartest one in the world says that was a walnut Victorian carved marble top dog table. She said back in the day, thousands. Now anywhere from $185 to $350 today. Nobody wants them anymore because... Once again, our tastes have changed. Don't come back. What my mom thought was beautiful, I think's horrible. Same thing like with cars. My mom and dad drove Buicks. If you, if, if, if Dave Sinclair Buick called me up and said, hey, Brad, you know, you've won a, ninth, a new 2023 Buick, blah, 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 blah. Come down to the dealership and pick it up. I go, I won that car? Yes. Okay, I'll make you a deal. I'll come pick it up. Can I drive down Lindbergh to Dave Sinclair Ford and trade it in on a F-150? Because I don't want no stinking Buick. Well, it's a beautiful car. It's got power everything. Power, power, you know, power ashtrays. They are nice cars. Power, power this. It's a Buick. I don't want anything. In it. Oh, I, I think they've changed, though. But I, I know they have, but I don't want one. Because they used to have a really That's what my mom and dad used to drive. I think they've, oh, you, you know, s- fixed all that. <laughs> They've, it's like Cadillac. Cadillac went from like the rolling, the rolling couch cushions down the highway, you know, to the point where it's like, you, yeah, it's like your Barca lounger on wheels into like that now. That would be the Lincoln Continental Mark V that my right, mom had. Right, it had like the big old tufted seats that you know you sat yes, in. And you're like, and oh, they were leather, yes. and they were the Corinthian leather. Right. No, 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 Corinthian leather was was that was that was Chrysler. That was the, the yes, cor- I know. That was the Cordoba. Which remember we talked about that Corinthian? No, that was Corinthian. No, it was it was the it was the Dodge. It was the Dodge. It was the it was the Chrysler Chrysler LeBaron Chrysler LeBaron with Corinthian leather, which was bogus because leather. there's there's no such thing. I'm as... like I always wanted a car with Corinthian but leather. Remember that was bogus. There was no such thing as Corinthian leather. Yeah, you know they just made it up. Which I think is fascinating. You know, I mean, marketing, you know, like you can just make things. Like, for example. Marketing is pretty fun, isn't it? Yeah. We tell people, hey, this show is really good. And people go, oh, my God. I would. I thought that show sucked until they said it was really good. Now we think that show is really good. But it, it used to suck. But they said this show is really good. So now it's really good. So we like this show now. Even though it used to suck. But it's good because they told us it's good, right? Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. <laughs> Okay, so back in the day, the walnut Victorian carved marble top dog table used to cost thousands of dollars, which is what my mom probably paid for it. It's 185 to 360 bucks right now. And she says, my brother has plenty of them. I guess he has a bunch of those things. Okay, also she's told me, I talked about this yesterday, I didn't read this yesterday, it's just pretty interesting. The One Direction guys, okay, we got Harry Styles, who's everywhere, so they pretty much went in different directions. Liam Payne, not just one. this is according to her, Liam Payne, not doing too much. Louis Tomlinson, not doing much. Zane Malik, not doing much. Neil or Niall, whatever his name is, Horan, will be a coach on The Voice in 2023. But other than that, the other three dudes are pretty much laying low. And Harry Styles is going crazy wearing all the goofy clothes and stuff like that. I, You know, dude, if you go back 
you can find it on YouTube. You can find the original audition on BGT. I think it's either that or X Factor. Britain's Got Talent, where Simon Cowell is interviewing him, and he's this innocent-looking kid who just wants. He says, you know, he says things. I just want to sing. I like to sing. I want to be singing. I want to be on stage. I want to sing. And it's it's a really. I mean, it's like okay, how did that guy change? And he has sort of, you know, fluffy, big hair, the whole bit. Now he goes around looking like Liberace. I'm going like, okay, dude, you know, why can't you be like, I, you know, to each their own. I don't know. There's some things you look at people. It's like, what's wrong with Liberace? There's a whole, there's a whole generation that doesn't even know who or what Liberace was. Liberace had, I was at Liberace's house one day, and Liberace had several walnut victorian carved maple top top dog tables <laughs> what are the dog tables about i don't know i mean what would they use that I don't, for a dog table i don't know it was just a decoration i mean i don't know it doesn't make any sense i mean look look at stuff that we buy i mean look at stuff that we buy people would like for example they buy things in their house okay why do you have like a clock that's made like remember the big thing we had a clock that was made like look like a, a big a, like a big piece of a, of a log they'd have a clock in the middle of it you know what i'm talking about yes i do uh, okay why did you do that why would you put a part of a tree and cut out a hole in the middle and stick a clock in it okay i don't the get same it same reason that you would do that with a um an automatic billy bass fish well the same thing <laughs> matter, matter of fact matter of fact my um, um what's his face uh gus beffa used to be the general manager at chris uffenberg ford yes. lincoln there <laughs> i went to his christmas party one year and he's got this deer head on above his mantle and there's a remote control and he goes hey watch this and he hits the remote control and the deer talks <laughs> oh how funny i can see that but how funny. The deer, the deer head wasn't a real deer head. It was like a mechanical deer head. And I think his antlers moved and the thing talked and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay, only Gus Beffa would have a deer, a deer head that, <laughs> that talks. Okay. Or a nutcracker that talked. Right. Well, he had a gazillion nutcrackers. Uh, matter of fact, I gave him when my father-in-law passed away um, and he had a couple nutcrackers and I, and, and they were going to throw them away. And I go, oh, no, I can, I know the guy who wants this. So I took it down to Gus and I gave it to him. And he goes, oh, well, he's, and he was very, very nice. He says, I've got 20 of these. I go, what? And that He says, no, I have 20 of this exact one. I go, holy cow. He had some nutcrackers. That's what she he said. He did. <laughs> Sounds like he did. Okay. Sounds like they were pretty, uh, did their job. Is this show going off the road or, or the tracks or what? Okay. Did somebody just text you that? No, 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 no. Oh, oh, by the way, I was what? in I was in Washmo yesterday. We talked about the lady who on Thanksgiving morning drove her car into the front of the marijuana dispensary there on 47, just south of the bridge. Uh-huh. And I was correct because I came, I went up to the crap transmitter site and I came back down south. And apparently what she did was when they put the new bridge in, when you come off the bridge going southbound, you have to make a curve to the left. And then you make a curve back to the right to go continue on Highway 47. And she made then the you curve. Stand up, sit down, <laughs> fight, 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 fight. Yeah, she made the curve to the left, but didn't make the curve to the right. And she went right into the front window. They, I guess they're open. There were cars there, and they got it all boarded up, you know. And I don't know if you hear the problem. We talked the story that gal, and she, she told police she's going to Truesdale. And, with, and and apparently she said she thought she was going north on 47, and she was actually going south on 47, which would be away from Truesdale, not toward Truesdale, because Truesdale's Warren County. She's going south on 47. She's going away from Warren County, not to Warren County. But 
you know, the, the whole story is she, she literally, the car ended up inside the marijuana dispensary. Police show up. They get her out of the car. While the police are there, the car catches fire. And what the Missourian didn't put in the paper? Was that it was a pot fire? It was a pot fire. And for three blocks radius, all of a sudden, everybody showed up at the Jack in the Box at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's they were, such a lie. Because they, hum- they were hungry. P.S. <laughs> dot show. Yeah, three, three block radius of the, the dispensary. Everybody showed up. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I want to. You are so I want, funny. You, can you make me 20 tacos? 20 tacos? Yeah, I want 20. Poof, you're 20 tacos. <laughs> right. And the cars were lined up around the building because everybody within a three block radius of the marijuana dispensary had the munchies. Okay. <laughs> See, one of the things that's going to happen, they've, they're going to—they're legalizing recreational marijuana. I think it starts next month. We're, today's Are de- they legalizing it? Oh, yeah, I, with I that Amendment 3 or whatever. Memo. Today's December 1st, so next month is January. I think it goes into effect like January 20th or something like that. Think what that's going to do to the food sales. Think what that's going to do to, like, Taco Bell. You know, Taco Bell at 2 o'clock in the morning. Think it's what it's going to do yeah, to— Yeah, but now they just got rid of White Castles. Nothing is better besides Denny's Biscuits and Gravy. They didn't get rid that of That will no, I told you satisfy the, you. I told you the story with the White Castles. The reason they closed the one—the first one they closed was in Lake St. Louis. The second one they closed was in Cottleville, right there on Highway 47 across from—not on 47, on Mid-Rivers Mall Drive across from skuck uh, the reason they're <laughs> <laughs> The reason they're closing them is because— the neighborhood's gotten too high class. See, when they built those, St. Charles County was, you know, still people lived in single wides and double wides, and now people live in fancy schmancy houses, and the White Castle people said, whoa, we're in a nice neighborhood. we got to move out. See, most of the time, people want to move out of the, the bad neighborhood and move into the good neighborhood. Not White Castle. They don't want to be in the good neighborhoods. They want to be in the bad neighborhoods. See, that's why there's no White Castles in Ladue, there's no White Castles in Town & Country, no White Castles in Chesterfield, no White Castles in Huntley. You know, that's why you find White Castles in Berkeley, in the city of St. Louis, and North County, and Maplewood. They don't ever put them in nice neighborhoods. So if you see a White Castle and they're going to close, you know that neighborhood's becoming gentrified. You know that the people with money are moving in because when they shut down a White Castle, the neighborhood is changing. And it's not for the good because it's going to get all the yuppies going to come in. It's going to be BMWs and Teslas and stuff like that. I mean, you know, no Fords, no Chevys, all BMWs and Teslas and, and, you know, Mercedes and things like that. So what happened? They did a survey right there. The one in Mid-Rivers, they did a survey, and they found out that everybody lives within a three-mile radius of that one right there on Mid-Rivers Mall in front of Skuckuckuckuck, that almost every single car they drove around and they looked in the garages and they saw all, all bmws and mercedes and teslas oh we got to move out of this neighborhood close that place down that's why they shut it down okay <laughs> you don't believe me do no 727 you know that song's finally doing something on the charts that's uh, off uh, taylor swift's new album which i said is not done very well it's done okay it's now 11 according to casey Kasem. no that's right he's dead it's according to ryan seacrest it's 11, two weeks on the chart. It's 11, it's moving up the chart. That's the only Good. song. It's the only song on the album, I though. wish her the best. Well, I see, you know, we could get into discussion of the concert thing because, you know, nobody makes any money selling records anymore. You got you make your, you make your money at the concerts. That's where the money comes from. Yeah, at the Fufulala. <laughs> Listen to you. She's got her favorite word. I mentioned this more. Now you got to use it every break. Okay. I read this article yesterday yes, that, talk, that talked about how retailers are in terrible problems with 
theft. They call it shrinkage. Get this. Uh, In 2021, uh-huh. retail shrinkage or thefts cost the industry $94.5 billion in losses. And the guy who is the CEO of Target says that this year alone, Target will lose $600 million in thefts at its stores. $600 million. That's like six-tenths of a billion dollars. And they talk about part of the problem is that certain cities, and they talk about Los Angeles, I think, you know, in, in I think it was Los Angeles and San Francisco, they changed the law so that it used to be that any if you stole something over like $50, it was like a felony. Now it's $950 and $1,000. I think I think LA is $950 and San Francisco is $1,000. So if you go into a store and steal $900 worth of stuff, you, and they catch you, you get a ticket. It's like going to traffic court. Oh, you went 35 and a 20? Oh, here's a fine. Oh, you stole $900 from the CVS store? Oh, here's a fine. What's the fine? $100. So I steal $900 worth of stuff, and I get fined 100 bucks. If they even if they even arrest you. there's If you can watch it all day long, you go on YouTube and just watch, you know, shoplifting videos, and there's one after another, literally. And what's interesting is they're now gangs where they go into these stores you know, matter of fact, it happened. It happened um, uh, uh, here in St. Louis. It's happened uh, on the West Coast. Remember, they they went into the Nordstroms. They're like 80 people showed up at the Nordstrom store in San Francisco one day. All jumped out of their cars at the exact same time. Parked right in front of the door. 80, you know, 80 people ran in, smashed display counters, took stuff, jumped back in their car. They're all gone. And the interesting part of that is, you know, where most of that stuff goes. Sorry. I was having a conversation with you, but I had my pot turned down. Uh, marketplace. Well. Or it, eBay. It goes online. Marketplace, eBay, or even some people claim in Amazon. Some people say that the stuff you buy in Amazon, some of that stuff is stolen. You know, it's... Really? It's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, no. I think that Amazon would... No, 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 no. Yeah. The, the reason... I, I don't think Amazon would do that. No. The reason it ends up on Amazon... I know someone who knows for a fact there's stuff that you buy on Amazon that's stolen because of the fact it's FBA, fulfilled by Amazon, okay? Uh-huh. If you want to start a store on Amazon, you go through all the little things, you go through, jump through all the hoops and stuff like that, and what you do is you ship them. You can do one of two things. You can essentially, you know, there an order comes through on Amazon, you can send it from your factory or your house or wherever you're doing business out of. Or you can ship all of it to Amazon and then they just pull it off their, their hold on a minute. They pull it off their, their shelves in the, in the warehouse and they fulfill, that's why it's fulfilled by Amazon. Okay. I know, I don't know how they can do it same day. Well, it's really easy. If it's here in St. Louis, it, you get it same day. You know what though? To a certain extent, that's a scam. I bought a couple things in the last three weeks on Amazon. It says, hey, be a, you know, be at your door today between between 11A and 7P, and I go and buy it, and it shows up two days later. I'm going like, oh, hold on a minute now. That's not what you said. Because when you go to checkout, it says, you know, it says in the description, it says available for delivery today. And when you go to buy it, that's not available. That delivery is not available. It says one day, two day delivery. Okay, you know, anyway. But the point being is the stuff, not all of it, but some of that stuff ends up in Amazon. You know it's our marketplace. I, you know, I mean, I've seen things on marketplace I know are stolen. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, why don't the police do this? Like what? I know, I, for example, I know of a contractor who told me that two pieces of equipment he had stolen from him showed up like a week later on Marketplace. 
that doesn't surprise me. You know, most of the time they move it out of the area. If it's like expensive stuff, like that's one of the big things. You talk to anybody in construction business, they talk to you all the time about the fact that like bulldozers get stolen. You know, how do you steal a bulldozer? And part of it has to do with the fact, you know, this on the older, the older piece of equipment, they have universal keys. You know, I that? did know that. Yeah. So in other words, if in fact, there's a company I've seen this, I've seen this um, in a couple different magazines. There's a company that will sell you this big ring of keys and it's a universal key for practically every known piece of a construction equipment. Now the newer pieces of a construction equipment where they got all the new fancy schmancy digital stuff has a, a pin that you have to put in before the thing will start. If you know, like you turn oh, like a treadmill, it'll never get used. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so yeah, bulldozers, all sorts of stuff gets stolen all the time. But huh. but they talk about like the retail theft. They're saying I I would have, they're saying. Uh, let me read more of this article. Stupid. Um, Target. I, t- I told you, Target expected to lose over sixteen million dollars. It's Target. Target. Uh, it says, this is a guy from, this guy who's an expert, this is an industry-wide problem that is often driven by criminal networks and we're collaborating with multiple stakeholders to find industry-wide solutions. Once again, it's not just Joe Joe and Jill, you know, homeowner walking into a Target store, you know, stealing like something. It's like organized crime. Um, and it says, uh, they blame the surge in crime and progressives, soft on crime policies, such as New York and California. Okay, yeah, New York, uh, yeah, New York, uh, that's one. New York, $1,000. Uh, under a thousand, under is now a misdemeanor. Under nine fifty in California, a misdemeanor used to be a felony, so they've they've dropped it down. And they show all these crazy videos on this article. I'm seeing like like I saw the one where of all crazy things, they broke into like an optometrist office, and yeah. I'm going like okay, I don't quite get while wow, they're there. I saw this video. They're smashing the cases and they're grabbing all these. Fashion glasses, you know, like some of these glass 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 frames are like, you know, many they're hundreds, expensive. thousands of dollars, you know, like designer yes, glasses frames, stuff like that. And there's, and you know, you know darn well, somebody went into that store because you watch the video, they know exactly where they're going. You see them walk in the store, they walk right over to these specific, you know, specific cl- cases, get out like a, a tire iron, a crowbar, hammer, smash, 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 grab, 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 out the door, there you go. They're in and out in 20 seconds. And then like the deal, which if you go to most... And, People don't even notice this anymore. If you go to like most of the big box stores, like like you know Best Buy and things like that, they have those steel poles in front of the doors. You know why those are there? Yeah, so people don't ram the the yeah, so glass they doors. They don't run the a doors. car through the front door, which is what they do. They steal a car, they run it through the you know they run it through the front door of the place. People run in. I, I, the first one I knew about was. I knew the guy at the time it was a gun store and I did business with this guy because he, he was the originator, the guy whose name was Ray Kohut. He was the guy that was the originator of the Silo X haunted houses. And his main business was he was a gun dealer and he had a really big gun shop in Fenton right across from the old Chrysler plant right there on the south side of 44. And I think he was like the very first one I ever heard about where one night, two o'clock in the morning, a bunch of guys showed up. They had a stolen pickup truck. They put the and they actually have video on it because he had video on it at a store. They pull the, the pickup truck up to the front entrance of the store. They guy gets out, puts it in neutral. They put a a brick on the accelerator pedal of the truck. His car's in neutral. The guy reaches in. They close the door. Windows open. He reaches in, pushes the you know the gear shift down into drive. Truck takes off. Boom! Right through the front of the building. Guys run in, steal a bunch of guns, and leave. Now, the only problem was he lost, I don't know, 
eight ten thousand dollars worth of guns which was not good but when the truck went through the building it hit one of the main supports in the building and it did like two hundred thousand dollars worth of damage to the building wow because they had to essentially you know the building was essentially for a time being condemned you know the the the, the people from the city came in i guess that would be fenton right there or right. county condemned it because the building was going to collapse they had to have a company come in you know uh, you know a, a wrecking company come in and tear down part of the building have it completely rebuilt it was like two hundred thousand dollars and they stole eight thousand dollars worth of, with the guns you know and they wrecked some guy some poor dude's truck matter of fact some poor dude from arnold woke up and go hey where's my truck somebody took away my truck <laughs> somebody took my truck and then police come in there knock 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 um we found your truck. Oh, good. Where is it? Well, it's in the middle of shooting systems. It's sort of went through the front, the front of the building, and the building collapsed on it. Can I drive it? I don't think so. Oh, I'm so, I'm so upset. I've never had a car stolen from me. Knock, knock, knock. Had cars broken into before. I had my car broken. I've never had a car stolen from me. Knock, 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 knock. But I have had my car burglarized. I had my car broken into when I was in Boston one time. Oh, well, I had my car broken into when it was outside of my house. Really? What'd they take? Um, Did they get your bazooka? My computer. Did they get your bazooka? No, I had that inside. <laughs> Don't mess with Shelly. She's, <laughs> she's got a bazooka in the back seat. You open up the trunk, she's got an RPG in the back, in the trunk. Tiffany says that she was <laughs> never able to get a, have a date because all the, all the kids said that I uh, owned a rifle. What? Yes. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Did you own a rifle? No. <laughs> a little bit of hesitation there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's only because this one boy came over and I did not like him. And your mom and shot him? So, <laughs> seriously, I, I yelled up the stairs and I was like, Tiffany, you need to come down here. And I can't even remember what the young man's name was, but I said, and you, you call your mother and you tell her to come pick you up. Wow. I'm that girl. Wow. Yes. Tiffany said this to me. Evidently, I said it. And so she had a shirt made for me and it says, oh, honey, I am that mom. <laughs> <sighs> well, on that note, we have to take a break. It's 7. Break. <laughs> it's 7.45. Okay, go ahead, Shelly. Talk. Why? Because everybody talks? That's right. On this show, it will, we're an equal opportunity talker. Everybody talks. Well, not everybody, because half the time I don't answer you. <laughs> I know. I'm talking to myself. Uh, how, how bad is that? Like, I wonder if he knows that he's talking to himself. Let's see if this person will answer the phone. Hold on a minute. Let's hold on a minute. Making a phone if call If it's here. Tiffany, she's at work. Oh, no. She's really at work? Yeah. She won't answer the phone at work? She won't, like, let a patient who she's, like, keeping on life support? Oh, hold on, man. My phone's ringing. I got to – I don't care if you're going into DFib. <laughs> I've got to answer my phone. It's called AFib. No, AFib, excuse me. <laughs> AFib. DFib gets you out of AFib, right? Is that what it is? Um, what? DFib gets you out of Hi, AFib. Hi, you've reached Tiffany James. Sorry you missed your phone call. Leave me a message, and I'll call you back. Have a great day. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. 
Tiffany, this is the police department. We're investigating a report that your mother chased a boy out of your house with a rifle. Uh, call us back right away. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> you know, she actually will remember this because she said she could not get a date in high school. <laughs> yeah, right, because 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 Shelly because her mother is cray cray. Because Shelly, oh, you're what? What was that again? Now, cray cray. You were crazy. Oh my gosh! So you chased a guy out of her. A, 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 I did not a chase suitor. him out. I told him to leave and have his mother come pick him up. <laughs> and you had a rifle aimed at him. Is that what the? I did not. That's the thing. I didn't. <laughs> Son, they have never seen. I have never. I, um, I, hold. I got showed my showed oh, my gun hold. to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> What is that so funny for? <laughs> um, you might as well tell me because I'm going to sit there and think about it and think about how much I need to throw I'm a bunch. Sorry. Shelly, you are amazing. How do you do it? Yes, how do you do it, Shelly? Shelly, we it's listen online in our country. How do you say, you got it going on, girlfriend? <laughs> Rock on, sister. <laughs> That's my favorite of all time. <laughs> Would what? That's my favorite of all time. Which one? <laughs> this one. <laughs> Shelly, we listen online in our country. How do oh, you yeah. say you got it going on, girlfriend? Rock on, sister. <laughs> Rock on, sister. <laughs> Rock on, sister. <laughs> okay, we have we have a recording. Uh, someone just sent this to me. Someone years ago, someone surreptitiously recorded Shelly with Tiffany's boyfriend. When when she confronts him, tells him to leave the house. Hold it, let me start with a scratchy recording. Hey, you don't don't call me itchy trigger finger for nothing. Get out of my house, kid. That was the recording. <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> I told him to. I did not run him out of the house. With him. Yeah, right. I was just matter of fact. I told him. Not to come over here again. <laughs> oh God! I was I was helping wheels, baby. So so, so the word, I was that the, mom. I can hear the kid. You know, hey hey, get what happened to me? I went to Tiffany's house the other night. Yeah, Tiffany. You know that crazy her crazy mom. Well, her mom got a shotgun and chased me out of the house. That's pretty much what the little kid said. <laughs> you chased him out with a shotgun? I don't know, but that's that was literally the rumor that Tiffany's mom was crazy and that she had a gun, that she banished weapons. So where where did you live at the time? What municipality? This house. Oh, your, your house in St. Charles? Yes, oh, we've so, lived here for almost 30 years. So, in other words, the St. Charles County Police would have showed up. Uh, ma'am, we got a call that you chased a young gentleman, <laughs> a young man out of this house earlier. It wouldn't a, be the with, first time they were called. <laughs> with a gun. Is that true? No, not me. It wasn't me. I think it was the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they gave this address. They said it was the South Fork House. Well, there's another one down How the street. How did you know they say that? <laughs> What's that? They call it the Dallas House. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Dallas House? Who calls it the Dallas House? The people in the neighborhood. They call it the Dallas House. I said, hi, I'm <laughs> Shelly. I'm, I'm at the house up the street that always looks like it's under construction. Shelly, and she says, oh, the Dallas House. Shelly bought a house 
what was the story that the guy that the the lady who built the house the lady was a TWA executive and she loved and she wanted her house to look like South Fork on Dallas she wanted it to just look like on the TV show right yeah only a smaller version right. of course and you know what and so her boys were contractors and they came to St Louis from Texas and built their mama South Fork you know what mini South Fork I had a similar situation. The uh-huh. house I'm living in right now. I'm sure you did. I did. The house I'm living in right now, I called up a contract and I said, hey, you ever seen that son, that show Sanford and Shun? Oh, yeah. I want to have a house that looked just like the junkyard at Sanford and Son. Okay, no problem. We'll be right over. And the uh, the 1-800-GOT-JUNK guys showed up and they unloaded a bunch of their trucks. And they go, is this junk enough? Nope. Need more junk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you need help with that. <laughs> I heard an ad yesterday and I'm thinking to myself, I haven't been there in a while and I miss it. I, okay. I heard an ad yesterday on the radio for pick apart. You know, what pick apart is. I do. I don't know where it's at. Is it still on um, hall street? Yeah. Hall street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You take your life in the hands going to hall street to begin with, but you totally do. <laughs> what's cool about pick apart is most junkyards, for years and years and years, you can never go back into the junkyard, okay? And matter of fact, I had a friend of mine who's, who's I think it was his cousin, owned a junkyard in St. Charles. House Auto Salvage, I believe was the name of the place. And they used to let us roam the junkyard. Other than that, you can't go in most junkyards. Oh, then, but then Pick Apart came along. So what you do with Pick Apart, and it's I guess it's the same way. I've been there many times before. You go in, and you have to sign a release, and you have to pay them a dollar. You have to pay them a dollar, and essentially that that legally gets them off the hook. Hold on, finds a contract. I guess so. If a car falls on you and you're killed, you know they're not liable. So in other words, you're essentially indemnifying them that that no matter what happens to you, it's your fault, which it is anyway. You know, but anyway, so because everything is your fault. So the guy says, the guy says, bring your tools and and roam the yard and pick apart. I'm going like I am going to pick apart. <laughs> Maybe I'll go this weekend. I used to go every once in a while. I used to go there just to look at the cars. And the crazy thing about it is, and this is what bothers me about, about people with cars nowadays, there's always a section of pick-apart where there's cars that you can you can drive out of there. I mean, the ad, essentially the ad was for what they were looking for is they were looking for cars. They were the artists that were like, hey, do you have a car in your driveway that hasn't run for two years? You know, don't have it just sit there. You know, call pick-apart. We'll come and send a tow truck and we'll pay you for that car. You know, and then the end of the ad was, and if you need a part, bring your tools and come to pick a part. I'm going like, man, I need to go to pick a part. You know, I'm telling you, it bothers me when I see that because it bothers me that I see stuff that's usable. Matter of fact, I'm driving, I'm driving three of them right now. I'm driving three <laughs> cars. Am, am I, am I telling you the truth? The, the, yes, you the, are. The one car I drove sat in a lady's driveway for like two years in Wentzville. And I heard, you know, and I'd seen the car when she was driving it. And I contacted her and I said, I said, hey, you want to sell that car? She goes, well, it doesn't work. It hasn't run in two years. I go, no problem. I got a tow guy. I go, what do you want for it? She says, 300 bucks. I go, deal. I gave her $300. My tow guy comes and gets it and tows it back, you know, to my place. And I work on it for a couple months. I drive it every day. I love that car. It's got like 200 and I I think I put like 35,000 miles on it. And then there's my $500 car. And I used to have my, I got rid of my $100 car. You know, I haven't had a $100 car for a while, but I used to have a hundred, all bunch of $100 cars. Once again, people just get rid of them. Oh, it, it, oh I, had to put, I had to put air in the tires. Time to get a new car. No, that's when you call Brad. Call Brad. I'll take it.
right? Yeah, sometimes. Shelly tried to sell me her old car. I wouldn't touch that, man. That was that was too far gone. Yeah, <laughs> you know that car was so good to me. Yeah, and really too bad you weren't good to it. Me. You weren't good to it. You abused Excuse it. Me? You abused it. I was it. very good to that car. She's on the Bonneville. I sat there and I tapped her on her dashboard. I'm like, come on, because I I drove her to see my Elbeth oh, what was when it? she was passing. What was that again? I was driving to <laughs> no, see my Elbeth. No, no, what did you do? What? What, did you, did you do? what did you do to the dashboard? I was patting the dashboard because it stopped and the engine light started blinking. And I was like 16 miles away from my friend who was passing away, actively dying. And so I just sat there and said, come on, honey. You know, I know that we can do this. We've made it this far. And do you know that after I sat there and treated her a little nice, she started right up. The blinking was gone, and she got me there. Because you were pointing a rifle at a dashboard. That's what she did. That's not what happened, Brad. Shelly says, I'll shoot you just like that kid did when you tried to come see my daughter. I'll put a bullet right between your speedometer and gas She's gauge. She's going to be mad that I told that story, but I didn't tell everything. <laughs> okay, we're way over. We're in trouble. It's, it's eight, your turn. It's, it's your time. It's, it's your fault. It's coming up on 801. Say goodbye, Shelly, quick. Bye, Shelly, quick. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.